Welcome to Real Estate Investing Abundance, the show for busy, fulfilled professionals like you to learn how to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. Hello, enlightened investors. What a delight to be back with you again today. Thanks for joining us. Today, we are going to take a look at Cashflow Breakfast Club and the importance of mentors, coaches, and masterminds to accelerate our success and achieve financial freedom. Originally from Hawaii, Omni Casey has been a real estate investor, broker, and coach for about 20 years. He recently published a book called The Cashflow Breakfast Club, which shares his story and the path that he took to achieve financial freedom by age 30. He is now in Northern Virginia and runs an agent investor focused real estate office and is helping other agents and investors achieve financial freedom. So, Omni, share an experience that helped you to be who you are today. Thank you, Alan. First off, I love the show. Thank you for inviting me on and love to share a little bit about that. As you mentioned, I'm from Hawaii originally. And so my, my story uh, kind of origin starts there. I grew up in a very um, entrepreneurial family. I think my, my parents were great at encouraging us to kind of carve out our own path. And, and from a very early age, I knew I, I wanted to be a business owner of some sort. And I started to love various businesses and did my own startup businesses. I, at one point, I was working at a surf shop in Hawaii. And one of my side businesses was uh, flipping surfboards. So we'd buy old surfboards and then we would uh, fix it up and sell it, uh, you know, almost new there. And, and that was a, a fairly profitable venture. And, but eventually started to realize the, the uh, more expensive the product, the more expensive, you know, the, the, the better return or profit you get. And that led me down the path of really getting interested in real estate as well. And so I read a lot of books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, obviously put me on the right path of realizing that what I can mend or meld uh, business and real estate together. Was sitting on that idea for a while, and it wasn't really until I met who became my first mentor, one of my first mentors, a real estate investor, uh, actually at that surf shop, and and was able to build a relationship, try to add value to him at the time, and he was able to take me on his his wing as a really someone that knew nothing about real estate and start from the beginning and teach me some of the core basics there. And every key moment in my life um, or a key moment in real estate, uh, at least, was tied to a mentor, a coach, or some sort of mastermind group that I've been involved with. So that's where my focus has shifted. You know, I've done everything from fix and flip to wholesaling to most of what I do now is, you know, buy and hold long-term rental portfolios. I do some short-term and some co-living as well. So I try to have a focus for passive income, but, you know, it's not one specific asset class. I've tried to make, I guess, a group. I run a meetup and try to make it as easy as possible for more coaches and mentors and masterminds to be available. Because I remember starting out about 20 years ago, it was difficult. I think it was sheer luck I found someone, and I'm glad I did. And it wasn't readily available like it is now. So that's kind of my focus and, and what I spend most of my time on. Omni, thanks for sharing that aspect of your life. It is nice to have come from an entrepreneurial family and to have that entrepreneurial experience. But like you illustrated, unless you come from a real estate investment family, it's challenging to find your way into it. It's just not as straightforward as 
investing in public assets from the stock market. And without that background, you definitely do need a mentor, a coach, uh, some help getting there. Omni, what are the core steps of the Cashflow Breakfast financial freedom process? Yeah, so I I wrote this book. It's it's uh, called the Cashflow Breakfast Club. Probably three plus years ago now, and I never published it. And really, it was more for me to organize my thoughts as I started to officially start to coach and train, you know, other agents and other investors that just have been asking, you know, what I did along the way. And I wanted to formalize and really put what I what I did in place. And it wasn't until this year that I had the time to actually finalize the book and actually get it published. But it just kind of, it was my story. You know, we, we were telling it in a power parable format, you know, uh, story a little bit more entertaining than, than my actual story, but put real life transactions in there, real life scenarios in there. And it, there's nothing groundbreaking in terms of how to become financially free. It starts with figuring out how to one, reduce your, the first step I put in there, it's, it's, it starts off where the main character is actually getting evicted from his condo in Hawaii. And then that forced him into this, you know, almost homelessness for a short period of time until he found, found a place to be, but put him on this path to realize that he needed to downgrade his expenses for the time being until he was able to get some passive income in, in place. And one of the core steps is figuring out, can you eliminate your housing expense or at least reduce it drastically? And, and obviously in the real estate world, we know that there's many ways that we can do that. One of which is house hacking. There's several others out there. So within the story, it talks about a list of options to choose from. And if you're able to reduce your housing expenses, that's really a hack on life if you're using it for the right thing. Because if you think about it, if your average housing expense, whether it be rent or mortgage, is $3,000 a month, that's $36,000 a year. Now, for an average person to say, I'm going to make an extra $36,000 a year so that I can start investing, that's very difficult to do. But if you can figure out a way to not spend that $36,000, whether it's living under a bridge, whether it's living with your parents, your kids, or house hacking, or one of a few other methods, now you have $36,000. Step number two is don't spend that $36,000 on anything other than you know putting it aside for a once a year cash flow investment you know, opportunity. And then you're, you're slowly snowballing it on top of that. There's part, part of the process is debt reduction, getting rid of consumer debt as well. But really it's using that snowball effect to buy one cash flow property. Don't spend that money, save it up the next year, buy another cash flow property. And if you keep stacking it up three, four, five years, you'd be surprised how quickly you can get to your financial freedom number. Everyone has a different number if you are disciplined. So it's not about a life of discipline. It's about a very, very short window of discipline, but it's hard to get there unless you have a roadmap. So it's uh, teaching you how to build a roadmap of exactly how many doors do I need or how much passive income I need to achieve that financial freedom. Sounds like an interesting book, uh, Omni. You tell us that there are three types of real estate investors. What are those three types? Yeah, this and it it's through trial and error that I discover this because there's levels of frustration, right? There's almost always a shiny object. Like I started out doing this and I'm like, should I be doing this? Right. And then, and someone else is doing this and that looks cool. And there's so many ways to make money in real estate. And I've jumped from, from project to project. And I realized if you understand what type of investor you are at that moment, it helps you kind of pick a lane and be very clear and so that first type of investor is the financial freedom investor, meaning everything you do is for your financial freedom 
through passive income. Passive income. So not 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 a, a net worth, not equity. You can't really spend that. It really is the the passive income. If I stopped working today, what are all my expenses? And is it covered through some pa- something passively? Clearly on real estate, you know, rental income, you know, helps to cover that. And so that's the first level, understanding how do you get to your baseline financial freedom? That might be $50,000 a year for somebody. That might be $500,000 a year for somebody. Everyone has a different expense level that they need to cover. And then, you know, once you hit your financial freedom, then you're looking at, you know, your next level of of generational wealth and and your generational wealth, the type of investment that you put in, in in setting up for generational wealth is different. So for example, there are some markets that are better cash flow markets and there are some markets that are better appreciation markets. The cash flow market might be more of a focus on the financial freedom side. However, many cash flow markets don't appreciate to the level of the other markets, the non-cash flow markets. And so you're you're going to become financially free probably quicker in a cash flow market, but you're not going to build generational wealth through the the amazing appreciation and things like that in that cash flow market. So you might shift and diversify at that point once you hit your financial freedom number. And then the other the other category is if this is your job, is it an active income? And so are you using real estate investing as as your job? Are you fixing and flipping? Are you wholesaling? Nothing wrong with that, but I consider that a job because the moment I stop, I don't make any money, right? So it's active income, financial freedom, and then generational wealth. Once you figure out which one you are at the very moment, that will help you choose your next investment project or focus. And it's okay to shift down the road, but but accomplish your goal within your lane at that moment. Omni, I think a lot of us have, have been subject to that uh, shiny object. You know, in some respects, there's really nothing wrong with that. Like you mentioned, if you're fixing, flipping, that's really a job. It's not really an investment, but it's an appropriate place for some people to begin, depending on where they are and what their background is. And it does have a pill and it works to to give you a job. And it, if you if done right, a lot of people have done quite well with it. It's probably one of the most challenging ways to get into real estate, even though there's a lot of glamour around it and all the TV shows that emphasize fixing and flipping, but so much can go wrong in conjunction sure. with that process. And it is a risky, risky way to do it. And it truly is a job. The other way you talk about is the passive income from various different aspects of investing in real estate. Omni, tell us about how it is that you're doing that since that wasn't necessarily the way you started out, but that's the way you have come to actually developing your financial freedom. And I like how you explained that that's being able to live on that. If you lose your job or you lose other active sources of income, you always have this passive income. What are sure. some of the ways and means you go about that, Omni? Yeah, a- absolutely. And it took me, you know, maybe a year or two into to really understand that's what I need to focus on because I did fix and flip. I did. I became a licensed agent as well. Same thing. That's active income. If you're really good at it, you'll make a lot of money doing either of those. And I did both of those. But in both of those, your your expenses can be really high as well. You can make a lot of money and spend all that money the same month. Right. And so really need to figure out a way to no matter how much money I made, always put it on the side and always buy rental properties. And so it's. I started out with plain, simple rental properties. In Hawaii, there's both short-term and long-term. So I did both of those, but like the long-term stability side of things. So I started to focus on 
buying long-term rentals, single-family homes and condos to start, and eventually shifted into more small to mid-sized multifamily. And uh, now I a lot of what I do when I'm looking to buy in that financial freedom bucket of, of cash flow, I, I look to acquire portfolios. And so I do what's called, um, what I call the portfolio burr. And so I look for landlords that are exiting or want to exit. They, you know, they're just tired, ready to retire, head to North Carolina or somewhere along those lines, right? And for them to sell off, let's say they have 10 to 20 properties, one at a time, it might take them a year or two to get through all that. And there may be some challenges because many of them have one loan cross-collateralized over all of their properties. And so for them to sell off one property at a time becomes a challenge depending on who their bank is. And so I try to make it available where, where they can exit and I buy the entire portfolio. I agree to buy the good, the bad, the ugly, and I keep what meets my portfolio. And hopefully it's somewhere in the realm of 80 to 90% of the properties that, that is in there. And then I will fix up and sell or wholesale off the handful that don't meet my portfolio standards. And then individually now, those properties I work on over the next six months to a year, individually refinancing out and doing the burst strategy on those. So I take on bigger projects versus one at a time, unless they're you know unique, unique projects. Interesting strategy there. And as you were talking about this, Omni, I was just reminded of how diverse uh, real estate investing can be and just applying slightly different strategies. It can give you the same outcomes with various different strategies, but there are so many different ways that we as individuals can go about this that that suit our personalities, that suit our our goals, our lifestyles, and so on and so forth there. You had alluded to this aspect of the importance of separating our financial freedom from our legacy and generational wealth. Omni, expand on that just a little bit. What is it that you're talking about? What do you mean by separating financial freedom from legacy and generational wealth? Yeah. I mean, it depends on your level of ambition. Your your legacy or your 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 final goal is way bigger than what you can probably accomplish in two, three, four years you know, something along those lines. It is, it is, you know, aspirational, hopefully for, for most. And if that's your only goal, then from day one, you probably need to take bigger risks on, on the types of investing different and, and which, which means, you know, could be bigger payoff, but bigger, bigger risks as, as well. And not to say that can't work, but you need to have everything lined up, right? You need to predict the market you need to, you know, avoid recessions, avoid crashes, avoid pandemics, right? And which we clearly can't control. And, and it becomes, becomes risky. Where if you're saying my, my financial freedom goal is, is let's just call it $100,000 a year all right, of passive income. All right, that's still big, but it's not $10 million or, or whatever the, the big goal is, right? And now you chop that down and you say, okay, how do I get to that as quick as possible and in the safest way possible? Because until you hit financial freedom, you are vulnerable, right? You need an income. Mm. And it's not until you don't need an income that you really should be taking those bigger, higher risk, higher reward opportunities. And so I don't tell people to avoid those other type of investments, the, the higher equity, the, the you know, you got to time the market type of scenarios. You absolutely can make a lot of money doing that, but only do that once you are financially free, once you can afford for those investments to go wrong, you can actually take better risk, better re reward scenarios down the road. And so 
I focus on that financial freedom through passive income first, because no matter what happens with the market, if I buy a rental property and I analyze for, for the cash flow, I, I, I factor in the reserves, I factor in property management, I factor in vacancy rate, no matter what happens with the market after that, the values go up or the values go down. It doesn't really affect me on my cash flow. And so that side of the portfolio is about as stable on, on my investment side as possible. And then that allows me to say, all right, well, even if I don't make any act, active income again, or even if I invest this amount of money and I lose it, I don't want to lose it. But if I do, I still have enough to take care of my family and I'm not going to be homeless. I'm not putting my family at risk. So that's really the concept of we do need to take bigger risks to hit our big goals, but we shouldn't do it until we're financially free. Yeah. Excellent advice, Omni. How do our enlightened investors get in touch with you to take advantage of your experience and wisdom? So um, the last few years, I've been more open about sharing my story on social media. So I'm Omni, the investor guy everywhere, on Facebook, Instagram. Um, I have a, a website, omnitheinvestorguy.com. The book's on Amazon, or you can go to my website to look for it as well. If you're in Northern Virginia, we've built a cash flow breakfast club. We actually have a meetup, um, which we named the book after. And we have um, about every month, every other month or so we meet up, we have about 100 people in person, agents, investors, you know, hard money lenders that, that just network and grow together and trying to build a really good collaborative mastermind, right? Because we have coaches, we have mentors, but I think we need that mastermind of get in a group, just talk through a problem and learn together. And it's, it's not a paid program, it's a free program, but we've kind of reached capacity in terms of uh, attendance there. And so we're looking at expanding to other areas. So if you're a you know, like-minded person that wants to share and provide value, you can go to the website, omnitheinvestorguy.com forward slash clubs, and there's the ability to open up one of these in your area. We kind of uh, give you the, the training uh, material, we give you that information. My agreement with my my tribe, if I will, is I'm going to teach them for free. I'm going to be a coach for free. There's not a business for me. I make my money in real estate and I'm going to try to provide them the best coaching guidance on that they can get. But the cost to them is going to be they're committing to go out and cause a ripple effect and coach their friends, their family, because I could only impact so many people. But if each of them commit to impacting 5, 10, 50, 100 people, I think it, the, the word gets out better. I think we'll be able to solve a lot of issues by doing that. So I'm putting a lot of effort over the next few years of um, trying to get as many of these cash flow breakfast clubs up and running to provide you know help where people need it and in-person coaching, mentoring, and masterminding. Omni sounds like uh, some wonderful opportunities for masterminding and uh, networking. Omni, what is going on with you in conjunction with this uh, $3 billion development project uh, in Loudoun County, Virginia? Sure. So in, in terms of, we talked about the projects that you can work on once you're financially free and you can kind of give yourself the space to really think big. Um, there's several of them that we've been working on, but this is one of them. And several years ago, I, I kind of put out to the world that I want to either start a foundation or work with a foundation, a nonprofit of sorts that had a connection with both housing and development. And I didn't know what it was going to be, but I just kind of, you know, vision board and put it out to the world and shared that. And and along the way, I got connected with a nonprofit developer that had a goal to put up and really build a mini city here in, in Loudoun County, which is a, a, a great area, but do it 
from a nonprofit standpoint where the 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 revenue coming in we're going to have a stadium we're going to have an arena we're going to have some multifamily there we're going to have a medical facility we're going to have multiple streams of revenue but it will be able to go towards various causes that we care about you know uh, veteran you know support and disadvantaged you know housing and things like that that we'll be able to uh, contribute to so it's it's tricky to build a profitable business that so that you can give that profit away but with that focus it allows us to tap into very unique grants and funding that we would not be able to tap into if we were a for-profit business. So I have been diving deep into the world of, you know, there's various humanitarian funds, there's various grants that want to partner with developments like this to kind of make it a reality. So uh, we are probably a month away from officially kind of uh, announcing the location, but we're going to be here in, in Northern Virginia and like I said, it'll be a mini city upwards of $3 billion development project over the next five years. And the the cool thing about it is it's going to provide a, a entertainment venue, a sports venue, you know, for, for local people to take advantage of. It'll provide housing. There's going to be some medical research attached to it as well. But so much, all of that revenue will go towards local causes that, that we're near and dear to. So once again, not, never worked on a project this big before. We have some really good partners in play, but it's exciting to say at the end of the day, that's my legacy that I'm going to be helping to build. And, and hopefully it, it makes a, a big impact on the community. Omni, very interesting. I'm curious as to why you selected a nonprofit format for this rather than a profit. It seems like even with a for-profit development opportunity like this, you could still be funneling a great deal of the profits into the foundation. Why did you go with the nonprofit organization? Yeah, you're you're exactly right. This could absolutely be a for-profit um, development. However, those developments happen all the time, and I probably never would have been connected with this group if that was the case. I think it was specifically my call and my my want to be connected to either start a foundation or be connected with a foundation that kind of put us together, right? And so we had a very similar mission. I do enough for-profit stuff. I have a separate investment business that is is absolutely for-profit and that is that is running on on a high level. This is the passion project. This is, you know, how I feel I can give back and make a difference. And the the for-profit, you know, be, that's where it started and then where we got to is realizing it is we will get so so much further. We will be able to build something so much more amazing because we're for profit, because of the affordable financing or grant opportunities that will be afforded to us because of our for our nonprofit status. So it, it turns out into we're going to build something even more amazing than we thought. But it started out with we we just wanted to do something that we thought would make a difference. I'm not very interesting, very informative conversation. Enlightened investors, it's been a wonderful time being here with Omni. I know you've enjoyed it. I certainly have. Enlightened investors, I look forward to being with you next time. If you have questions, comments, please let us know in the comments section. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for being with us, Omni. Thank you, Alan. Pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance, brought to you by Steve Talker Capital a company working for passionate professionals like you to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. As part of our efforts to make the world a better place, Steve Talker Capital contributes to activities and organizations committed to better understand the equine. These endeavors attempt to enhance the human treatment of horses worldwide. 
Seed Talker Capital, working for a world where all creatures, great and small, flourish abundantly. For resources to develop your financial independence, connect with us at SteveTalker.com.